What's up, y'all? I am Ofosu Jones-Corte. And I'm Leah Santa Cruz. We are the Meditation Coaches on the Balance app. And this is our weekly show, Well Balanced, where we explore ways to live a healthier, happier life. So, Ofosu, I'm sure you remember we had a conversation with Tara Brock, your dear friend, from a yeah. little over a month ago. And we talked about practical ways to handle our strong emotions, like anger. Yes, I remember very well. And that interview has come in handy for me uh, <laughs> since we had it. Same, so, yeah. same, same. <laughs> uh, well, I'm excited because we have another conversation with Tara Brock to share. And I know this topic is very dear to our hearts as well. And basically, we're going to talk about how to take the heaviness of the world and turn it into something positive. Yeah, yeah. This is a really important topic. And for anybody that wasn't around for the first convo, Tara is one of the world's leading mindfulness meditation teachers. She is a psychologist and the international best-selling author of the books Radical Acceptance, Radical Compassion, and Trusting the Gold. And she's also a good friend of mine, someone that I've worked with for many, many years, and uh, someone that I'm honored to call a friend and have learned so much from. So, yeah. So here's that conversation with Tara. Hi, Tara. Hey, hi, Ofosu and Leia. Glad to be with you. Again, we're so excited. We really do feel really lucky to have you here with us today. And when Leia and I knew that we would be sitting down to chat with you, we wanted to find something uh, you know, sizable and important <laughs> to chat with you with. And we kept coming back to just you and I, in our personal conversations, I've heard you use this phrase before that, you know, we're, this is a suffering world and we're in kind of a, a really difficult time. And, you know, my mom is the one who introduced me to meditation back in the day day. And as we got older, she used to use this phrase. She said, it is the path of turning poison into medicine. It, to me, that speaks to the transformative power of meditation practice, mindfulness, self-compassion, all of these things. And with everything that is happening in the world right now and the individual challenges that people face, what are your thoughts? What does that, that phrase mean to you, turning poison into medicine? I think it's one of the most powerful understandings. And I'm really glad you brought it up. And I love that your mom came up, you know, that came through her. Yeah. If you think of a peacock, a peacock eats poison and it actually brings all that vivid color to its feathers. Wow. And humans through history have found different substances in nature that are toxic, but we're able to use them so that they healed. Mm. We can take the most difficult, painful emotions. If we judge them, if we resist them, they can take over and cause tremendous suffering. You know, the fear, the anger, the shame. But if instead we bring the light of awareness, we bring mindfulness and compassion, they actually transform. There's like a, a spiritual alchemy. And that is like, what an amazing thing to know that anything that comes up in your psyche, if you learn to pay attention, can actually become an ally. Mm. So I'll just say one more thing, and that is that if we look at our lives and we look at some of the most difficult junctures, whether it was, um, you know, a divorce or an illness or somebody else that we love dying or a major failure at work. 
if we look at those and we really ask ourselves, how did that impact me? Most of us can find that we actually grew through them, that, that they force us to go deeper in our being, to call on our deepest wisdom, and that something new woke up. And we humans have this capacity to wake up through pain. And it's the same alchemy that you're bringing up, that we can turn the difficulties into a new level of loving, of joy, of creativity, of awareness. I'm curious to hear more from you about this because I think about the past things that I've gone through. I relate to what you're saying. Like I, I look at the troubling, most troubling experiences that I've had, and I feel like I grew more resilient from them. And and they led me to the path of meditation. They led me to where I am now. I think where I struggle, and I know a lot of people do still, is when I when I think about I have a toddler. I have a, he's almost two. His name's Luca and. I sometimes think about the world that he's growing up into, you know, more about a future thing. That's not necessarily an experience that I'm having, but it's this sort of existential dread about climate change and economic inflation. And what is he going to face? What kind of world is he going to be? And how can I be there for him? And it can hit like this tsunami of issues going on and we get bombarded by it with the media. And so I wonder like what to do when it feels so overwhelming, when it feels like you're up against this this mountain of of troubles, like in, yeah. in, maybe just in our psyche, but we're hearing it, and there's almost like a survival mechanism kicked in. Yes, it's a powerful question because here the the fearsome deities that are coming up are really the deities of fear of the future. And they're being reinforced. They're being charged up by everything that's going on in the society. Mm-hmm. And so then the inquiry is, well, how does that become medicine? How does that fear become medicine? And if you get in touch with the fear and you kind of just like put your hand on your heart, you can do it now just as a kind of practice and and just, you know, sense, okay, I'm paying attention to this fear and What's it trying to do for me? What's its intention? What does it really want for me? What does it want for Luca? Yeah, protection. Yeah. Or safety. That's right. So what would happen, and you can close your eyes for a moment and say, thank you for trying to protect me. I'm okay right now, and thank you for trying to protect me. Mm, I love that. It's asking those scary thoughts, like what is what do you actually need? And having that little communication. I, I found it quite simple to get that answer, even though I didn't hear a voice saying, protection, save me. I just, I knew I could feel it, you know? So what we're finding is inside what seems to be poison, there's a positive intention. It's for your well-being. And this is a crucial wisdom understanding that no matter what comes up, it's still an expression of life-loving life. Fear is life-loving life. It's trying to protect life. Anger is life trying to overcome obstacles to its own flourishing. Guilt is life trying to turn us into some better being so we won't get rejected. Every 
energy that seems to be toxic has that kind of life-loving quality. And if we can remember that, I know for myself in the moments that I feel fear and I remember that, okay, this is trying to protect me, mm. then I can listen and sense, well, is what's its message? Do I need to do something right now? Or is it really a matter of remembering that right now is really okay? Sometimes we need to do something. Sometimes fear's intelligent message is saying, stock up on more supplies because the, you know, there's a pandemic coming and everything's going to close down, you know. More toilet paper. <laughs> exactly. That's what my mind was thinking. I was visualizing tons of toilet paper. <laughs> but the idea of it's it's liberating to remember that it's all life loving life. And that it gets torqued. And this is what's important because even though life loves life, it can get torqued. Like a imagine a hose and water runs through it and it informs our whole being. But the hose gets torqued and then it just becomes pressure and suffering. Mm. It gets torqued when we uh, take it personally, when we react, when we judge, when we resist. But if instead we meet the deities with that compassion and mindfulness, it untorques the hose and then it can flow through us and it can actually inform our being with increased aliveness. When you say that to fear, you'll end up feeling actually more energy, more clarity, more tenderness. Can you share, Tara, a story from your own life when this practice um, showed up for you and was helpful? Yeah, and thank you for asking. Um, the biggest one that jumps out is that when I was in my 50s, I'm almost 70 now, I went through about five years of kind of a spiraling down in illness. And I had no sense that it was going to turn around. And I was losing a lot of capacities. You know, I couldn't walk up hills and I couldn't swim. I couldn't do a lot. And um, I remember being where I am right now on Cape Cod and not being able to join friends going to the beach and just being completely possessed by feelings of um, fear and grief. Mm -hmm. And so what I had to do with that was just what Leah and I did. I had to just deep down, just keep paying attention to what's under this, what's under this. And it was that place in me that just longed to live fully. I didn't want to be deprived of my life. And as I opened to that, I felt my love for life. And that brought me to this place of, may I love life no matter what. It taught me so much to be able to sense that what seemed so toxic, the loss and the grief and the fear, actually became this love medicine that helped me just appreciate simple moments. Even if I couldn't walk up a hill, I could be sitting and looking at the fern in my room and, and just loving the delicacy of the leaves. It reopened me to life. Yeah, wow. It reminds me of a conversation I had with you many, many years ago when I was in the throes of just a recurring struggle with anxiety and intrusive thoughts. And you had just, you asked me a simple question. It's like, what is your anxiety wanting you to know? And at the time it felt like a Zen koan, like just like a riddle. <laughs> um, but it's actually been a question that I can continue to come back to for years and years and years. It was a deep fear of being bad. 
you know, having a bad thought means that I'm a bad person. And then the anxiety around a negative thought arising being very debilitating, but the anxiety was really kind of love turned on its head that I just really want to be as good as possible in this world. <laughs> That's a powerful sharing because most of us have anxiety and most of us think of it as the enemy. Like, okay, this is bad. Something bad is happening. And so we, in, in some way, try to push it away or control it. And if instead, like you did, you opened your heart to investigating, like, what's in this? What, what does this want? What does it fear? You know, you get deeper into a very beautiful aspiration to trust your goodness. Mm. It's so powerful. So that becomes medicine. But if you just ignore it or fight it, it stays as anxiety and it actually imprisons you. It's also refreshing to hear that most people have anxiety. <laughs> I think it's so easy to to assume that I'm the only one and we we isolate ourselves and we fight we we build up this shame about it. And uh, it's a human experience that so many of us have. And just what you're saying right now, Leah, is what helps turn poison into medicine, which is in the moment that we remember, we're in this together, we're all rigged with this. It's not personal. Mm -hmm. Then if we, we open to that, we're, this, we're just these beings that have that as part of our wiring, but it doesn't define us. Then we realize much more the vastness and dimension of who we are. It's like we become the ocean and we can let the waves move through. So that's another really important uh, dimension of how to turn poison into medicine, mm. to remember it's not personal. We're in it together. Mm. Shared experience is the absence of shame. Yeah. I think even being able to take up a topic like this and talk about difficult things has that same quality of transforming poison into medicine. So uh, thank you so much, Tara, for spending time yeah. with us and, and, and having this conversation with us. Really appreciate it. Uh, it was enlarging to be with both of you. I really appreciate it. All right. Until next time. Can't wait for the next time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, huge thank you again to Tara Brock for that wonderful conversation. Thinking back to when we talked with her, it definitely brought me some hope and clarity uh, for that week. And, you know, that thread continues. So if you want to see more of what Tara is up to, we've got a link to her website in the show notes. If you're not watching the podcast yet, please go check us out on YouTube. Our channel is called Balance, yeah. and we've got a link to today's episode in the show notes. Or if you're on Spotify, you'll see our video when you're playing the episode in the app. And please remember to rate and review the show wherever you're watching or listening. We love hearing from you, and it helps us to spread the word to other people. We'll be back next week. Until then, have a beautiful week. Don't forget to be kind to yourself. Take care and peace. Peace.